Welcome back to the Imposter's Way, the place where I keep a beginner's mind. Uh, and I realize that defining what I want to cover here with my beginner's mind um, is quite hard up front because my interests uh, keep shifting and learning new things is kind of the goal of this. So um, I bring to you the brand new um, blockchain land journey that I've taken and documented. And uh, this will be a 10-part series. Um, so the most coherent kind of format I'm trying uh, that I've done so far. So um, let's let's dive right into it. Um, this uh, here episode is the kind of uh, intro introduction uh, episode with with some some key takeaways, um, and then the other nine episodes will dive into more detail. So um, let's get going. Intro. I dove into the deep, deep oceans of crypto and blockchain and re-emerging from this very wild journey, I want to share my observations while they're still fresh. I think this is the best tribute I can pay to the space that has absorbed me in the last uh, months. This is not about making quick money. Long-term speculation on ideas is more interesting than short-term speculation on prices this is for the curious no technical knowledge is required there's a new world being built that i want to um, share with you think about it like the early internet particularly it has this aspect of being mostly weird and partially useful and with it comes great potential to change um, a massive part of our lives that we do not anticipate much like the internet did right um, especially in the beginning particularly not very relevant for daily life behind the speculation on on price and bubbles and busts and cycles there's a great amount of intellectual capital in other words smart people uh, working on stuff and more importantly a sense of hope for a better future and of course, this experiment could fail. A lot of expeditions kind of in the, into the unknown do. Um, but nowadays, finding a narrative, finding a space, finding a technology that is, that is proving itself, that actually does have a promise of a hopeful future enabled by technology is a rarity, right? And, and just by that aspect alone, it deserves some attention. Um, the potential in case these ideas do prevail are so groundbreaking that I think it is worth your time and curiosity. So remain skeptical, always, as I try to do. And down the rabbit hole we go. Structure. The reason I'm doing this is because I need to clean up my head. So many weird and dark corners of the internet. So many ideas competing in cyberspace and nothing is settled. It's the Wild West. I'm slightly overwhelmed, and this is an attempt to bring some form of structure to the world that is crypto and blockchain in 2021. All right, and what's in it for you? I, I believe that by being new, um, new enough to the space and that kind of depth, um, having just kind of, you know, resurfaced, <laughs> I would say a bit, um, I can convey the far-reaching aspects and 
um, of blockchain and the space in an approachable way. Um, I do so by following core principles that the space is based upon. And that might be not your style of learning. That is totally okay. There's other resources that I will um, gather and link and reference to that follow different kind of learning styles and structure. So you have to know what your style of absorbing is. Just give it a try. For me, it is along conceptual through lines. So that means um, kind of building on core concepts and learning along those concepts with particular examples. Feel free to skip and choose chapters that you feel drawn to. And I try to write and and, and kind of summarize everything as, as compartmentalized and as independently consumable as possible. This is a 10-part series, as I said. The full transcripts of each episode, and most importantly, with sources and links to further reading material, can be found at theimpostorsway.com. Right now, here, this is chapter zero. I lay out the structure of what is to come in detail and more importantly, give you the executive summary kind of. So if your interest in time is limited, right, and you can walk away after this particular chapter, still having, having gotten a high level overview and hopefully something out of it. So let's quickly go through the chapters before we zoom out and summarize the status quo of what is blockchain and cryptocurrency ecosystem in 2021. There are three topic blocks I want to cover in this series. Block one is about basic principles that are needed to understand why this technology has gotten the hype that it has. Basically, what lies beyond some of the speculative screams coming, um, money gambling, risk-taking, and, and busts, right? Okay, block one. Block one is divided into three chapters, as all blocks are. In chapter one to three, I'll cover the three basic concepts. Digital scarcity, trust as consensus, and decentralization. That are weird words, and they sound crazy, probably. I'll provide specific example applications for each of the concepts to make them more tangible. There will be no focus on technical detail. Again, this is meant to be understandable for all. After covering digital scarcity, trustless consensus, and decentralization, you should feel a lot more comfortable around the buzzwords, uh, maybe also the fogginess around um, the hype that is blockchain and cryptocurrency. So if you feel slightly shocked and confused after that, that's fine too. Chapters four to six are coming right up in block two. Block two is about current applications that are built and being built. In again, in three chapters, uh, chapters four to six, I want to dive deeper into specific applications. The first one has to be financial markets and financial instruments, which in that depth was new to me too. The second application type would be investing in ideas, which is about the commoditization of everything and anything. And if you have heard about the recent NFT craze or digital artwork being sold for millions of dollars, um, that falls in that scope, that falls in that realm, um, but there's much more to discover there. And the last application I want to cover in this block is public infrastructure and cyberspace. That is chapter six, which is about the collective owning the equivalent of our roads, maybe public transport potentially, and more likely something like our water pipes 
or something like that. So this covers um, but the digital equivalent of that, right? So um, that covers replacing uh, communication channels such as WhatsApp, file sharing, potentially social media. And that's a very hot topic, I think, uh, with, with a lot of social implications. Block three. And finally, for those that want to stick around for the true deep dives, the last block, chapter six to nine, are for the future outlook, for the funky ideas that have not been proven yet, but that captured my imagination and fascination. Along these three chapters, I want to cover some of the more ideological concepts that make this whole space, blockchain space, special. And I, of course, again, want to give specific examples to illustrate along the way. As the first part in this application deep dive, deep dive block, that would be chapter seven, it will be out, um, I will be talking about pseudonymous reputation. Chapter eight will focus on new models of organization and collaboration that are emerging and almost replacing the company as, as, as an entity, as a, as a construct. And as the last concept in this, um, in this block, chapter nine, I want to talk about value streaming, which is about having money and value flow constantly instead of in cycles, uh, in monthly cycles, for example, like a paycheck. So um, that would be about continuously streaming value. You could imagine paying 0.1 cent per second that you listen to this podcast. I don't know. So um, that would be a, a model, for example, that, that is translatable with, with that technology. All right, that is me trying not, uh, you know, trying to not dive too deep. And I'm realizing how deep this rabbit hole really goes because half of the words I just used to summarize the chapters above might be new to anyone not familiar with the space. And I'm already in tech and I'm, I'm uh, partially stunned by the, um, by the amount of innovation and by the amount of ideas that are being tried out and uh, with my utter ignorance towards big parts of that um, ecosystem. So I can only imagine how that must be uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're not already in the space. So I'll take you on a tour. Let's zoom out. Let's look at you know, the intention of the series is to take baby steps and to build an incremental understanding chapter by chapter. So you'll, um, you can build on your previous kind of insights and knowledge, I hope, and you just choose how deep you want to dive. Executive summary. Bitcoin recently celebrated its 12th anniversary, and yet it still feels like it's a thing that is on the fringes of society. And it is, but that is changing slowly. While a lot of clear thinkers with a proven track record like Jack Dorsey and others speak highly of the potential of blockchain technology, politicians, well, politicians actually do too. They just don't like the existing ones. They kind of like their own. I mean, especially central bankers, but politicians too. But journalists in particular tend to put it in the corner and politicians as well for their own reasons, put it in the corner of hype and speculative at best, and dangerous and criminal at worst. And as you can imagine, that piqued my interest. Um, there's nothing more challenging and dangerous than an idea. And if somebody wants to ban it, that is probably a good sign that you should look into it, at least to understand it, right? So if somebody says it's like a boogeyman, there's like something dangerous there, you, 
I guess you should always you should always have some interest in understanding what's behind it. And maybe it's just on some recent news. So this was um, very recent, but um, El Salvador actually made Bitcoin a national currency, which in legal speak is called legal tender. And that could like, I guess, have geopolitical, you know, interesting consequences. Obviously, El Salvador is not the biggest country, but um, that means that in El Salvador, every um, store, every service um, has to accept Bitcoin as legal payment. Um, yeah, so uh, that next to the U.S. dollar uh, will be will be official payments of of the country, and that that maybe just as a little in case you didn't read about that, that is maybe a, a real world interesting development here. So where are we at right now? Since I first dabbled kind of with crypto in 2017, understanding the technology. Um, a lot has changed. So back then, I have to say, I definitely did not get the full potential because I, as many people thought, well, this seems to be overhyped and there's no real applications for this. So there's a lot of tech people thinking this is the future and saying like, this is incredible and the real world kind of saying, eh, we can't really do anything with this. So Bitcoin is still uh, the first and the most dominant implementation of blockchain that hasn't changed. For some, it is understood to be digital gold. That means it's a digital asset that you can invest your hard-earned money in and assume that it will hold its purchasing power or value over time. There are plenty of things that are being done with blockchain and that have nothing to do with money or digital gold for that matter. And we'll get into those in the following chapters. But today, I just want to focus in this kind of executive summary part. I just want to focus on two use cases of digital currencies. And that is digital gold, so that's a store of value, and then internet money. So digital gold, why would you buy it? Well, if you are not the person who invests, this is maybe not the right time and I'm not the right person to tell you why to get into investing in general. But just to give you a pointer, just to paint a picture from first principles here, you've probably realized that things like rent um, or coffee at the corner store are rarely getting cheaper. Without going into, you know, painting any doom and gloom scenarios here, there's always a certain level of devaluing of your cash over time. Meaning even with mild inflation, your $5,000 or euros are losing in purchasing power over the years. And investing your money in assets such as stocks, gold, or maybe digital gold in the future is a way to avoid that loss of purchasing power. And purchasing power is maybe just the, the easy way to imagine this is just how many breads can you buy? Um, because you don't really care about the nominal amount on your bank account, right? So, um, I mean, maybe breads are too small for you guys because you're all rich, but like you don't care how what the number on your bank account says. You care what you can buy for that, right? So if 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 breads all of a sudden cost triple, um, it doesn't matter that like your 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 number on your bank account doubled, right? You can still purchase less. All right. So that just on general point of why investing is important, and maybe in particular just why. Um, so obviously this would be very um, rudimentary and very basic for most people uh, or some people, but 
the reason why investing has become um, a lot more prevalent, especially also with 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 all people, but but with younger people as well, is just the fact that um, the bank account. Um, the money on your bank account actually does not pay real interest rates anymore. Um, so therefore, it does not uh, kind of balance out the inflation, even if it's a mild one. Therefore, you're just losing money if you have it in the bank. That's just as a public service announcement. I think I don't go on a limb here saying that. All right. So generally, now we understand why gold exists. Well, it exists because of Big Bang or I don't know what's really behind that, but um, it has it has provided a certain function and it has value um, because of exactly that phenomenon, maintaining purchasing power. And that is also why digital gold is an interesting concept. So people want to park the cash in things that will retain value over years. And a digital version of gold has some obvious benefits, like you don't have to carry a block of heavy metal in your basement that anybody can rob from you anytime. Um, and you can easily send it to a friend over the internet. Obviously, there's risks to this too, right? Risks are the technology is actually not what you thought it is. You get hacked, all your Bitcoin are gone, um, or the, 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 the price does not have um, a certain uh, floor, uh, it just goes to zero, right? Your value, your purchasing power is gone. Um, other than that, on the security side, Bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies have a huge advantage, um, which we can cover maybe through decentralization and topic, I think that's chapter number three. Um, but I think just one point that I want to mention here is there were interesting news stories. Um, and of course, it, it focused on criminals. But just think just think of this basic concept if you can remember a certain amount of words let let's say let's say take 10 words okay if you can you have a mnemonic phrase that is 10 words random words right you remember those that is your password that is your key to unlock your funds wherever you are in the world and that is the only thing you need you don't need any hardware you don't need any software you don't need a particular computer, not on software installation, that's it, right? So, and and that is the level of security that you have. So you don't have to have any physical, um, theoretically, right? You can, you can set it up so nobody can, I mean, except if they can read your brain or torture you to get out the words, uh, your funds are safe, uh, which is incredible because you don't need a bank to have like a vault or something for your gold. So um, that's pretty powerful. And for the last 10 years, the technology has held up. And with any asset, the most important thing is trust, right? So um, gold has a high level of trust. And more and more people are trusting Bitcoin with their cash, in particular as a home for some of their cash reserves, right? All digital gold, um, so Bitcoin in a particular case, holds the value of shy of a trillion US dollars, which is already a crazy high number. And actually, that's around a tenth of the value stored in physical gold. And obviously, the, the price of Bitcoin fluctuates heavily right now. Um, we can get into why that is later. Um, but, but that's around the ratio we're at, right? Internet payments is the second thing I want to cover today. And that is the other obvious role that Bitcoin in particular, but blockchain systems and cryptocurrencies in general can fulfill. And that is the one of fast, uncensorable, international payments with cheap transaction costs. 
So we'll go into that into more detail later, um, but I just want to mention two points here. Let's focus on some of the adjectives used. Fast, uncensorable, and cheap. All right, fast, all right, that's actually an engineering challenge. Um, uncensorable is, is maybe something that you might not care about. Um, and you might not actually have a, a concept of. So that, that, that we will come into, um, into the later chapters that I will bring some examples of, of why this is actually highly relevant. And then the, the, the third is cheap transaction fees. And you also think probably that is not very um, valuable. But if you have done international payments, uh, in particular, if you're, for example, in a country that does not have the same banking infrastructure and connections um, than maybe the EU zone or the US. Um, Nigeria is an interesting example because uh, they have around between five and 20% of um, the payments that come into the country um, are fees that banks take on these wire transfers, on these international wire transfers. And as you can imagine, um, a lot of people actually work outside of the country and wire money to their families. And that is why um, Nigeria has adopted um, cryptocurrencies um, in a rapid, rapid pace um, because they, well, they don't want to pay those fees and there are systems now that allow them um, to transfer um, in an international way um, cheaper. So I think in particular, and I just want to take that very quick tangent here, um, it is important with everything that we discuss here and with that space. And I think that is the number one mistake that people do that look into this topic um, on the surface is that they relate it, they relate the problems that it can solve to, they, to their own problems, which is only natural and human. Just because the technology does not solve a basic need, a basic problem that you have right now, does not mean that it does not have value in the world because there could be and there are millions and potentially billions of people that do have problems that you don't have and that can be partially solved by this technology. And I think that is the reason why most Western countries have completely overlooked the potentials of techn this technology. And I think I can... I hope I can paint that picture a bit more clear over the coming episodes. All right, back to the script. Basically, if more and more people um, are using the system right now, right, and th that's maybe just as a caveat, there is scaling issues. So um, that is actually the main challenge with internet payments. That's why we don't see it every day so far for most people is because um, that system has scalability problems that need solving and that needs engineers to work on it. On Bitcoin, the so-called Lightning Network is one system that currently does this, and it allows for more or less instant payments of very minor sums like paying for coffee and so on. And in the text version of this, so on theimpostorsway.com, I'll link a video for this. It's, it's kind of interesting. You just pay by QR code. So in short, there is some scalability issues that need solving, and that is the main challenge for the upcoming years for mass adoption of this. Um, and I would just say talented people are on it. It would be fascinating to to observe the balance between adoption and technical innovation and if technical innovation can kind of keep up. So underneath these main applications and other more exotic uh, use cases lie fundamental technical design concepts. 
And these are the ones that I want to base the series around. In the last three to four years, the ideas and concepts that Bitcoin keeps proving every day by just working um, and that we will cover one by one have been spurring up projects and companies to explore what else can be done besides digital gold and internet money. And that is a wide range of problems people are trying to solve. And while most of them might never make it to your app store and to your smartphone, I can only say that the hype is real. And if even a small percentage of these projects succeed at Bitcoin keeps growing slowly <laughs> in the trust we we have for it, right? Um, and other systems do too. We're in for quite a ride. Wrap up. So to summarize the summary, Bitcoin is leading the way in building trust in digital assets. Other blockchains are popping up left, right, and center, right? And some of them want to compete with Bitcoin, but most don't. They have other use cases they are, that, that they are trying to explore. We'll get into these in chapters four to nine, so plenty. Um, you can visualize the space like a marketplace of ideas, right? And I'll try to guide you through this messy bazaar of crypto land and show you what's on sale. Again, uh, a full transcript, I know this is pretty dense, a full transcript is available on theimpostorsway.com. Also links to all the sources and other ways of approaching the topic are listed there. And they are really great people that have come before me and that have approached um, trying to share the fundamentals of uh, crypto um, and blockchain in other ways. So I'll link those there. You can connect with me on Twitter at Nico at work. Um, so just reach out with any feedback. I, I'd, I'd love to hear from you um, or questions or concerns. And that's it. Thanks for sticking with me until the end. Um, until next time, stay curious.